Hey guys, welcome to another Quarantine Diaries episode of the Slimmest Podcast. This episode is about living while failing. I talk about why it's important to have things in place that allow you to fail or to go through tough times, but I still want you to have the ability to operate and be effective for yourself and for other people. In this episode, I make the connection between computers and people. So while it does get slightly nerdy and you should honestly expect this from me, its intent is to show you that failing is just as important to your life as success, but it's how you fail that separates you from learning a lesson that leads to growth and utter collapse. So sit back and enjoy episode six of the Quarantine Diaries living a fault-tolerant life. Alright, so, hope everyone's having a good day. It's actually been a while since I've done a uh, Quarantine Diaries episode, but I just really wanted to focus on having quality content and not just releasing something just because it's the next day. And I realized that it actually takes me a little bit more time to, uh, to come up with something that's truly meaningful. And what I was thinking about today is it's kind of, it's something that's based on a, uh, on a computer term or a concept in computing. And it's called, it's called fault tolerance. So, um, fault tolerance is just the raw definition says it's the property that enables a system to continue operating properly in the event of a failure or if one of its components fail. And I wanted to sort of make the connection of that to how a lot of us live our lives. We're in a moment right now where people are really realizing their level of fault tolerance when things like their job or um, just different situations come into play, their health, all sorts of stuff come into play and life is just really different for a lot of us. And so I try to to judge my level or our level of fault tolerance uh, when I think of things like our moments of pain and sadness, failure, all that kind of stuff. You know, and if if you guys that are listening can think of any moment like that in your life, what was that like whenever you had a bad situation happen or just a, a horrible event or just a, just an event that may not be horrible, but just something that took you off your game? How were you able to properly function throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the year, if it took even longer, uh, despite what was going on? And I think that's where fault tolerance comes into play. Um and again, going back to technology, I, there are many systems that are created with levels of fault tolerance. And, you know, there's different types of notifications in there to give you the time to take care of that failure, but also still give you the ability to run. I think that uh, oh, also uh, a lot of modern cars have what they I think they call it like a limp mode. Like if there's something wrong with it, it'll run really slow, but it'll take you or it'll give you just enough power and all that kind of stuff to pull into a car shop or something like that. Um, I think that inside of each of us is something like that, or at least I hope that inside of each of us, we have some kind of internal system or something that allows us to operate at partial capacity uh, to make sure that things don't just fall apart. Now I have seen people 
that absolutely fall apart and they just don't know how to take any sort of failure or any sort of conflict. And, and that's why I really wanted to release this episode is that is be, it's for those people. And it, my hope in this episode is that we can all try and understand fault tolerance uh, within our lives and try to build some for us. Um, I think that there's another, well, I know that there's another term in the whole fault tolerance game called graceful degradation. And so what that means is that that's essentially the, uh, the ability of a system to, to maintain that limited functionality when a large portion has been just destroyed or is just inoperative. And sometimes these things just happen. Things just break. And, um, I think that the correlation to us is aging. I think that as we get older, we realize that there's just certain parts of us that are not going to be the same as they used to be. And uh, how we manage the graceful degradation is everything. I think that's people who can't properly manage their graceful degradation are the ones that are sitting here still, you know, they can't let go of their glory days in high school or all they can do is remember something great that they did a while back and they're just resting on those attaboys, knowing that they don't have the capacity or the ability to do the things that they used to be able to do. You see people like that in the gyms that way back in the day could lift a whole bunch of weight, but now they can't. But all they can do is talk about how they used to be able to do something or how good they looked. And it's like, okay, it's a, I get it. But when you don't have when you aren't degrading gracefully, you are, I believe that you're going to act that way and how you interact with the world and how the world treats you is going to be a direct reflection upon your ability to, to degrade. Um, there are basic levels of fault tolerance in, in computing. And I, and again, I'm making the connection to us as humans and the, it's, it's, it's four points of it. So the first one is that no single point of failure. So whenever, uh, you have a system that, it, that does experience a failure, it has to continue operating without interruption or during the repair process. So think of the, think of a time where, uh, something terrible happened to you and that voice or that feeling inside that's like, I have to keep going no matter what's going on. I think one of those, I think that is maybe a, um, that's your mind or your body or your soul or something saying, we will not have a single point of failure here. We have to keep going. We have to continue being effective for as many people as we can, you know, regardless of what's happening. Um, and being able to build that skill is something that's very, very, very important because as we get older, there's just going to be a lot more changes. You're going to see, you know, you're going to realize, obviously, that the world is not what you thought. And uh, I think everyone kind of has that feeling. And then you're going to have friends die. You're going to have family die and your ability to um, and you're just going to have just shitty things happen in general. But again, your ability to to be able to respond uh, and still operate is going to be important. Um, the next piece of fault tolerance is what they call fault isolation. Uh, and that means just being able to point out what exactly is wrong. 
So going back to the direct term, it says that when a failure occurs, the system must be able to isolate the failure to the offending component. This requires the addition of dedicated failure detection mechanisms that exist only for the purpose of that fault isolation. Recovery from a fault condition requires classifying the fault or failing component. I think that on a personal level, I think of that as having the ability to label your emotions uh, when something is wrong, one of the things I've really been trying to get better at over the years is really pointing out when something is going wrong and not just like completely flying off the rails or something like that or just reacting to the rest of the world. Um, and I think the biggest and most important part of that is that you have to be as quick as possible when it comes to labeling what that is. Maybe, well, maybe not so much labeling what it is. But just knowing that you're feeling something and that something isn't right. I think there's a lot of us that, that go through life and we kind of just carry on like, oh, yeah, nothing's wrong. I'm good. And when you say that enough, you develop a little bit of a skill of being able to compartmentalize or pack down your problems. And then we do that enough times. And then all of a sudden, however long later, you absolutely just fall apart. and then whenever you're sitting there trying to figure out what happened, now you have all these cascading failures and all these cascading problems. And you're trying to figure out like, where the hell did I go wrong? And you may have to go talk to someone. You may end up just doing some wild shit or you might end up hurting yourself. And I think that again, being able to be good at fault isolation and, and labeling your emotions is going to be paramount towards living the fault tolerant life. Um, there's going to be the, the next phase is called fault containment to prevent, uh, propagation of the failure. Uh, it says some failure mechanisms can cause a system to fail by propagating the failure to the rest of the system. Um, and I think an example, it says an example like this is they say a rogue transmitter that can swap legitimate communication in a system and cause overall system failure. They have things like firewalls or other mechanisms that isolate that rogue transmitter or failing component to protect the system. I think that this sort of means having the ability to take stock of yourself and checking your surroundings and making sure you're still alive, because I think that's the most important thing. You know, you can have a ton of stuff that's going on. And whenever for at least for me, knowing that I still have a pulse that allows me to kind of contain, um, contain the failure, contain the problem from spreading to the rest of my life. Um, I think you also need something that can ground you or to remind you that like, hey, Either there's bigger things out there or that maybe it's it's not that big of a deal. One of the things that Chris and I say is when when you go out into nature, it's it's insane because you realize that you're simultaneously everything and nothing. And sometimes that's a good feeling because when you have things like your problems, you're like, man, at the end of the day, like. I'm still breathing and it's going to be all right one way or another. I also am a big believer in the fact that the moment that a problem arises, the solution also gets created, but it's just on us to be able to find it. And, um, you know, going through also whenever I need to uh, contain the the problems or contain the failures in my life is um, 
I like to go and ride my bike and you guys know this, I've said it on a billion episodes, but that is the one thing I, I just get to disconnect beyond nature. But I think that within all of us, we have something that allows us to sort of disconnect to, to stop the spread of the failure. It's, it's unfortunate that some people may turn to drugs and alcohol and stuff like that. But my hope is that we can all find somewhat constructive ways to be able to uh, prevent the spread of further failure. Like you, you definitely don't want to have something that makes you numb. I think that's the worst way to go about it because that's no different than just packing it down because it's always going to, you know, come back. But if you can at least contain it and just say, okay, I know that something is here, but I need these things to remind me that I'm going to be okay that I'm still loved, that I'm still supported and that I have the capacity to give love and to be grateful and stuff like that, that is going to allow me to not let the uh, problems in my life or the different failures in my life spread to other parts. And, and I speak from experience, you know, I've been in a phase where there was just problem after problem and stress after stress. And I would just pack that stuff down. And then over time it started to bleed into my personal life. I would just get consumed in work and I just sometimes wanted to feel numb. So I would just zone out on a video game or something like that for hours. And, you know, I didn't realize the effect that it would have or that it had on me and the people around me. And so sometimes it just takes, you know, it takes having a catastrophic failure to realize, okay, I've got to make sure that I can you know, take stock of myself and not let something like this happen again. Um, the last part of this is uh, they call it the availability of reversion modes. And I like to think of that of, you know, when it says reversion mode, it's like uh, a restorative state, like going back to your happy place. So I think that if you don't have a happy place, if you don't have this spot where it's like, this place that I'm going, whether it's physical or mental, like finding that spot and, and, uh, and protecting it because it's only a place that's meant for you. And, uh, I think if you have something like that, that is always going to help, um, essentially hit the reset button for you. And, uh, when you have that reversion mode, sorry, I think I might've said revision mode, but if you have that reversion mode, it does allow you to revert back and just be like, okay, I've hit the reset button. How do I handle things? You know, it, and it's sometimes it's not just uh, on emotional state. Like I make sure that, and I think I've said this before that, you know, at least we do this, um, like financially or something, make sure that we know how to operate, uh, our reversion state is because we both grew up without anything and we know how to live just fine. So if we have to revert and go back, we know how to scale back. We know how to live as if we didn't have much. Um, I think that that's something that we, a lot of us need to practice doing, uh, living in that reversion state or that reversion mode. Um, maybe having one of these things like for a week, living without some of your certain comforts, you know, some call it like Lent, but I think we can take it on a deeper level. We can take it on a more hardcore level. Like we've got to get practice at living without stuff. And, uh, that a, it's going to help you appreciate stuff that you have, but B it's going to leave you in a position or keep you in a position where 
you're not caught with your pants down, you know, and you're not having to scramble and try and figure out what it is to do. I think that given the current times that we're in and with me saying in multiple episodes that people got exposed, a lot of people didn't know what their revision or reversion mode was. So they panicked and they went and bought a bunch of shit and they went and tried to prepare and all this stuff. We were sitting back chilling. We literally speaking of toilet paper, for example, we're still using the same batch of TP that we bought in February. Like I, it just blows my mind that people just don't know how to, to live like that. But it doesn't mean that you can't learn how to put yourself in some kind of a reverse reversion mode. So maybe sometimes it would be good. Take a week or maybe a day or something like that and live without some of your comforts. And I think you'll be okay. And you might realize that you don't need them. For example, I, for the longest time, was crazy about like my Apple Watch. And as of late, probably the past few months, I've been wearing a G-Shock watch. And so I probably last weekend, I put my Apple Watch back on and it lasted maybe the day. And I was like, Ugh, I don't want this. It's not because I don't like the watch, but it just didn't feel good anymore to have another thing telling me what to do or another piece of technology on me. I just didn't want it. And it was so, so weird because I would make fun of so many people for not having one. But uh, I just get it now. It's just giving me a new perspective not having that. And I appreciate more, if you will, the technology that I do have around me. So that's pretty much all that I had. I wanted to keep this one really short. Um, So to sort of summarize, living a fault tolerant life means living a life that allows you to fail and living a life that allows you to screw up and stuff like that and be able to still operate. I think that failure is one of the best lessons that we could ever have in our lives. But if you don't prepare for failure and if you don't prepare for life while failing, um, you're going to be in a bad situation. It's just going to be tough for you because you're not going to know which way is up. And again, by following those uh, or just understanding those guidelines of fault tolerance, you know, not having a single point of failure by having the ability to isolate the failing component or again, that translates to labeling your emotions, know exactly what what you're feeling or at least knowing that you're feeling something. And if if you want a, a good example of knowing that you're feeling something is if you've ever had that moment where you're like, I'm just off today like being able to point that out is important. Um, Fault containment to prevent the propagation of a failure. You've got to have something that's going to be able to keep you somewhat grounded to prevent more shit from happening, more cascading failures. Maybe that's going to be having a, a circle of people that just have your back no matter what, or some people, or just something that can just remind you, hey, you're okay, you're supported, you're loved, you're good. Like go ahead and fail, fail hard fail fast, recover, and let's get back to it. And then of course, the last one is going to be the availability of reversion modes. Again, that means having your happy place, having that thing where you can sort of hit the reset button and go back and just be like, okay, we're good. Like I said, on the financial end, we have the ability to be able to live without much because we started without much. And um, I think that if you maintain something like this like this whole fault tolerance i'm talking about it's going to help you through the times that we're going through right now 
but I think it's going to help you towards any other types of conflict that you experience in your life. So that's all I had for this episode, guys. I hope you all enjoyed this one. Please listen to our previous episodes. I just did one called Change with Chris, where I essentially put myself through the grinder, just going through some different changes. And um, yeah, it's just I hope everyone is staying safe. I hope everyone is taking care of themselves and and, you know, each other. And uh, if you ever want to jump on an episode beyond one of our FYFT episodes or just to tell your story in general, if you have just something cool to talk about, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Uh, So on that, I'm out of here. You guys be safe. And that's it. All right. Take care, guys.